Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The Florida Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a 15-week abortion ban. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, the Florida Supreme Court recently heard oral arguments in a case involving Planned Parenthood of Southwest and Central Florida versus the state of Florida regarding a 15-week abortion ban that was passed in 2022. It prohibits all abortions after 15 weeks of gestation. Uh, this particular case is important not only for this law that's in question under challenge, but if this 15-week abortion ban is upheld, then immediately, 30 days after that decision, a six-week abortion ban will go into effect, already passed by the legislature and signed by Governor Ron DeSantis. Moreover, part of the issue here in briefs that we filed, and we filed two, one for Liberty Council and one for Liberty Council Action, and the one for Liberty Council, we argue that the law should be upheld. We represent a number of different people from a racist eugenic perspective that abortion is, asking the court to overrule that racist eugenic perspective that is embedded in abortion. But the other one, with Liberty Council Action, we also argue that the Florida Supreme Court should reverse its terrible 1989 ruling called N. Ray T.W. It was that particular ruling that misinterpreted a 1980 Florida constitutional amendment regarding the right to privacy. Absolutely. You know, this is a very important case for Florida because we've got to make this a, a sanctuary for life in Florida instead of a sanctuary for abortion. And as you mentioned, you know, Governor DeSantis signed that act in 2022, and then uh, June 1st, Planned Parenthood and other independent abortionists came back and sued, saying that this 15-week ban violates a, quote, right to privacy within the Florida Constitution. And so during this argument, the Florida Solicitor General, Henry Whitaker, argued on behalf of the state, and then you had an attorney with the ACLU, Whitney White, who argued on behalf of the plaintiffs. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to watch the arguments, and I think the justices asked some very tough, very good questions during this, particularly Justice Jamie Grosshands, when she addressed the ACLU lawyer, she said, your brief doesn't have very many supporting documents to show that was the understanding of any voter in the state of 1980, which is the, the privacy amendment included a right to abortion. Abortion's always been a divisive issue. It was divisive in 1980. Why is there not more that emphasizes your view of what the term right to privacy meant at that time? You know, we actually presented in our brief some arguments that I presented back with Ken Connor, who at the time was president of Florida Right to Life, and I was general counsel of Florida Right to Life in 1989. We filed an amicus brief with the court at that time, and that was a very activist court. Mm -hmm. It was a parental notification issue. 
That was the Enri TW, right? That was Enri TW, and was regarding a minor attempting an abortion. Uh, The case, without any real briefing or evidence, went all the way up to the Florida Supreme Court, and an activist court uh, appointed by previous Democratic governors, uh, they ultimately invented a right to abortion with this 1980 amendment. Now, the 1980 amendment, we did historical review back then, and we also reiterated that in our brief now before the Florida Supreme Court, that what it was about was not about personal privacy, but informational privacy, big difference. And the reason it was about informational privacy is because it came out of the era of the 1970s and the Watergate era uh, with Nixon and the government uh, and the political parties using part of their political engine to spy on people. And in that case, spying on other political opponents. And so this Mm -hmm. particular amendment was designed to protect individual privacy with regards to their documents. And we really need that now, especially with the social media and the other intrusions into your personal information that is documentary in nature. But what happened is uh, the amendment just basically sat there. And then in 1989, this case came up before the Florida Supreme Court, and the Florida Supreme Court applied it for the very first time out of nowhere with no historical backing to abortion. So they just created this analogy that right to privacy equals abortion. Right. They I moved mean, from a documentary that you have a right to privacy with regards to your documents, that you would have a right to privacy that would extend to taking the life of a third party via abortion. But if you look at it from a common sense point of view, it there's no connection there. And certainly look in the Constitution, there's no connection saying there's a right to privacy to abortion. (laughs) In fact, one of the justices uh, actually stated this, quote, the plain text has an original public meaning. If the original public meaning of that text included abortion, you would expect to see positions from Planned Parenthood and the National Right to Life debating each other about it in 1980. And yet, we don't really see that. How do you explain that absence? And then the ACLU attorney came back and said, well, there could have been a general acceptance that Roe was the law of the land at the time. And you think that the pro-lifers <laughs> would have just been silent? Right. The fact is that when you look at the legislative history and the debates, it had nothing to do with abortion. And what we now know is that this decision became made Florida even more liberal than Roe versus Wade. We knew that when Roe versus Wade would be overturned, and and I was very confident it would be overturned, I'd been confident for many years that that would eventually happen, that we also needed to change the interpretation of this Florida constitutional provision. So after Roe was overturned, this 15-week abortion ban was passed, went into effect, signed by the governor, and then it was immediately challenged, and consequently... That's what made it all the way up to the Florida Supreme Court. Uh, But this gives us the opportunity to take a 15-week abortion ban to the Florida Supreme Court and overturn a terrible pro-abortion activist decision from 1989, similar to what happened at the Supreme Court with a 15-week abortion ban going to the Supreme Court and overturning a previous abortion activist decision going back to 1973, Roe v. Wade. Absolutely. And then if the court rules in favor of this 15-week ban, then a six-week ban, which the uh, governor signed this year in 2023, 
uh, it's a heartbeat protection act that would ban abortion as soon as you hear a heartbeat. So it would really make finally Florida a state where unborn children are safe again. It really would make Florida a, a haven for life because right now it's a haven for abortion. Right. Because what happened is since the Florida Supreme Court's 1989 decision is there, there has been no change essentially with abortion in Florida, even though Roe has been overturned. Right. But other states, Georgia and Alabama and some of the other surrounding southern states, they've all had legislation go into effect that have restricted abortion. So what's happened is people are coming to Florida to have their abortions in Florida. Right. And, you know, we really just, we really need to pray. This is, this is a huge case. And go back to Matthew 18, 14, where Jesus says, so it is not the will of my father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish, not a single child should perish. So we as the church need to be praying for this case. I hope we will hear in a couple months what their decision is. Well, you know, it also is an underscoring of how elections matter. You mm-hmm. know, for example, on the federal level, elections mattered, and Donald Trump appointed three justices, and those three justices were enough to overturn Roe versus Wade. And that's why we have Roe versus Wade overturned at the U.S. Supreme Court. We have more originalist. The same thing, kind of a mirror image, is on the state of Florida. That gubernatorial election, when DeSantis ran for governor the very first time, was decided by 30,000 votes. 30,000. Very close. And had the other very liberal, pro-LGBTQ, drug-taking Democrat uh, won that position, there were already three positions that were available to appoint people to the Florida Supreme Court. It would be liberal and activist for the rest of our lives. Devastating, yeah. Governor Ron DeSantis got those three appointments. Others then retired. He has appointed the vast majority of these seven justices, and now it's more of an originalism court. So we really have a very good opportunity to have a mere image in Florida to what happened on the federal level overturning Roe. Please pray for this case. For more information, you can go to our website, lc.org forward slash life. That's forward slash life. And you can read our amicus briefs that are posted on that web page. There's one for Liberty Council and Liberty Council Action. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. The website again, lc.org.